This is episode 124 of the ATTH podcast. Good evening. My name is Rich Brandt, and I am your host. Before we get started, I will first need to let everyone know that I am not a medical profession. I don't know anything about medicine other than what I read on the labels, and I do not subscribe to say that I know or can diagnose or talk about with any um, 100% money-back guarantee quality information on mental health. But we're going to be tackling the issue of mental health in today's episode. So more of this perspective is just from how I look at it, what I've been reading lately about the topic of mental health, and hopefully offer some thoughts that you may be having, and maybe hopefully start a discussion that we can lead into something that hopefully improves the lives of the folks who are working uh, in the performing arts specifically. So without further ado, in a recent ESPN article online, um, they wrote, uh, Darcy Main wrote an article titled Simone Biles withdraws from individual all-around gymnastics competition at Tokyo Olympics to focus on mental well-being. Gymnastic superstar and defending Olympic champion Simone Biles has withdrawn from Thursday's individual all-around competition at the Tokyo Games to focus on her mental well-being. The decision comes a day after Biles removed herself from the team final following one rotation on vault. She cited her mental health as the reason when speaking to the media following the competition. She quotes, after further medical evaluation, Simone Biles has withdrawn from the final individual all-around competition at the Tokyo Olympic Games in order to focus on her mental health, USA Gymnastics said in a statement on Wednesday. We wholeheartedly support Simone's decision and applaud her bravery in pri prioritizing her well-being. Her courage shows, yet again, why she is a role model for so many. The 24-year-old Biles came to Tokyo as arguably the face of the games following the retirement of swimmer Michael Phelps and sprinter Usain Bolt. She topped qualifying on Sunday despite piling up mandatory deductions on vault, floor, and beam following shaky dismounts. She posted on social media on Monday that she felt the weight of the world on her shoulders. The weight became too heavy after vaulting during team finals. She lost herself in midair and completed one and a half twists instead of two and a half. She consulted with U.S. team doctor Marcia Faustin before walking off the field of play. Once I came out here to compete, I was like, no, mental is not there, so I just need to let the girls do it and focus on myself, Biles said following the medal ceremony. This decision leaves the door wide open for the all-around, a title that was long considered a foregone conclusion. Rebecca Andrade of Brazil finished second to Biles during qualification qualifying and the article continues to go on to talk about many of the other athletes that uh, are competing at the Tokyo Games. The important point here, and which has become a topic of discussion, if you've checked out the news radio or sports news radio or watched any of the, the talking shows, how the topic of mental health and mental well-being has become to the forefront for uh, for athletes because of this, this decision by uh, Simone Biles. I support anybody's decision to, to step away from something in which they don't feel as though they're really there. 
they don't feel as though they can they can be in that moment and and compete um i have been doing a little bit of looking and th there is a reference to uh if if you're familiar if you if you're familiar with a, a, a term from golf and this has shown up in baseball and, and other things a, a term called the yips now the yips this is a definition from the, from the internet of course Yips is the colloquial term for a sudden and unexplained loss of skills in experienced athletes. Symptoms of the yips are losing fine motor skills and psychological issues that impact on the muscle memory and decision-making of the player, which creates a failure to perform basic skills of the sport. Um, for Ms. Biles, it says here, they have a, a similar term. Um, this is something that is, is is new to me. It says here in gymnastics, the twisties refers to a situation where a gymnast will suddenly lose their ability to maintain body control during aerial maneuvers. Simone Biles reportedly suffered from the condition during the Olympics in Tokyo, causing her to withdraw from com competition. Now it's one thing as a golfer to not be able to be able to put uh, a, a, a small little ball into a, a, a little cup. There's not much of, of danger of a golfer hurting themselves as far as I know, but to have that kind of condition while you're running at full sprint down a ramp about to hit a, uh, a springboard and flip many times in the air, I can understand. I can empathize with not wanting to, to, to be out there that that happens. Uh, disaster, disaster. I mean, that, that would be awful. Um, to have some sort of uh, uh, accident that could have clearly been avoided if the athlete themselves had stood up for themselves. Which brings me to an interesting point about mental health. But let's, let's actually go to, to what some uh, people might call mental toughness. Now, if you've been uh, an athlete of any kind, and or you've seen athletes perform at, at a high level, there is a certain amount of yourself that you have to be. You'll hear coaches talk about being mentally tough. You know, you have to fight through some of the 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 doubt, the your 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 hesitation. You know, Michael Jordan um, was mentally tough, some would say, because he went out there and he just beat everybody. He didn't let doubt creep into his mind. He didn't let anyone tell him no. He was just he when he got focused, I mean, he was zeroed in on what's what's going on. And people and athletes from from the highest of levels to to the collegiate levels uh, and everywhere in between, um, there are athletes that are lauded for what people consider their mental toughness. Um, you may see people if you participate in Spartan runs or any of these kind of uh, heavy, uh, challenging CrossFit games kinds of things. They talk about being mentally tough, that you don't let doubt creep into your mind. And again, it's lauded. It's 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 held up as well. You know what? They they now were strong, but they were mentally tough because they were able to to overcome. They were able to adapt to the the situation. Um, and we get a lot of that feedback. You must be mentally tough. You must be mentally strong. You must be this, either that, or you're considered a failure by some, some would say. And if you, again, if you've listened to any of the talk radio, you have heard people 
say that Simone Boy Simone Biles, pardon me, um, was not was weak. That she wasn't mentally tough. That you know, if she if she was really the superstar that she was uh, supposed to be, she should have overcome that and just gone and done it for the team, irrespective of uh, of of her health. That she would have been hailed as a champion for for what she for she for what she was going to do, which was win all these gold medals. And and most reasonable people would probably say, no, that's, you know, at, at some point you have to see the individual, you have to see the person more than just the, 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 the be focused on um, gold medals and prizes and things like that. Um, there's uh there's fa very famous uh, boxing match between Roberto Duran and Sugar Ray Leonard, which was, uh, considered the super fight. If some of you are of a certain age, you will remember that as the no mas fight where uh, Roberto Duran, after taking a, a fairly strong shellacking from Sugar Ray Leonard, now this was their second fight, um, he quit essentially on the stool. He said he had essentially had had, had enough. He the, the famous no mas uh, was spoken and history was written as though that, uh, you know, he had just been beaten. He had not just been beaten physically, but he'd been beaten mentally and that there was, there was, uh, no more left. Um, and Roberto Duran has had to live with, you know, the specter of that, uh, that, that moment. Uh, and it's, 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 you know, it's, it's not something that should have defined his career because he did come back and boxed again. We've also seen this in the UFC, where there is a debate between whether or not a cornerman is looking out for the best interest of their fighter. There have been fights where uh, uh, athletes have been sitting on their stool and have been saying, like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. And you'll hear their cornerman saying, no, 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 you can do this. You got this. You know, they're trying to encourage their fighter to go out and fight. But, you know, where do you draw the line between... You're, you're just get saying your fighter out there to just get beaten up, you know, for no, for no good reason other than the fact of, you know, they're supposed to be in a fight. This leads me to what we're talking, what I'd like to talk about today in the mental health, um, not, not necessarily on stage, but mental health in the, the people who work, uh, on stage, off stage design, uh, and, and, are, are the creators of, of what's, of what's going on. Now you may not necessarily draw a correlation between people who fight for a living or people who compete for a living versus people who design shows that are artistic and, and are um, not necessarily carry the same weight that say like a world championship boxing match may, may, may have. But, but follow me for a sec. One of the one of the big challenges that people in the creative fields run into is whether or not they feel like they're worthy of being there. Um, we've heard of imposter syndrome. We've heard of people who um, are maybe man magnificent artists, but have difficulty associating with 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 other people or difficult 
with uh, uh, getting any praise or they feel like they're not worthy of, of what's going on. Uh, the competition for uh, being an artist, a working artist is fierce. You know, there are more people trying to be artists or designers than there are places to design in, in, in some ways. And it gets pretty cutthroat out there to, to, to be one of those folks who works on a regular basis. It's a hustle. Uh, there are some folks who seem to do fine. They, they, they find their niche and they go on and they, they, they are, they have very successful careers. Those people that work on a, on a certain amount of regularity, um, you know, may admit on some points that they do have doubt as well, that, that, that doubt that they originally started with, but they were able to overcome still haunts them from time to time. Uh, I know that as a student, I was so clearly unsure of myself about how to design. Was I doing the right thing? Am I ever going to be doing the right thing? Oh, nothing I ever do is very good, but I had to keep moving forward if I wanted to get through my classes, if I wanted to put something out on stage. Was that developing mental toughness? Maybe on some level, it was learning to improvise, adapt, and overcome. And, you know, failure is a part of life. But when does that failure become something or that fear of failure become something greater than just that, a learning experience? It becomes something that all of a sudden you have difficulty acting. You have a difficulty, you know, just putting stuff on paper. You go home and you just, you, you, you shut down. And I don't think enough people in our field, in the, in the performing arts, probably talk about it enough because it's just not something that either people want to talk about or there's not enough data on it to, to, to talk about it. Uh, if you do just a generic cursory search on say mental health, uh, in, in theater, um, uh, many of the articles that you will get will be how theater is can promote positive mental health and how being on stage can help battle mental illness and the impact of the arts and how that can be good for one's mental state and acuity. Um, but, and that's great. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad that the, the arts can find ways to, to lift up people and, and make lives better for others. But, you know, there's also got to be a downside to it. You know, there's a, there's, I don't want to say a dark side, a, a underground underbelly side, but there are people who do suffer in silence. There are people who do suffer in, in, who do suffer in, in public, but don't really say anything about it. And it comes out in ways that people aren't necessarily expecting. Uh, whether it be something in the way of behaviors, how you treat other people, um, or it may be things that you do to hurt yourself um, or self-medicate as, as we've, we've, we've probably all know someone who's had a drinking problem, a, uh, a drug problem of some sort, some sort of like they can't hold a relationship, things like that. Um, again, remember, I am not a medical profession. These are just observations. Um, I recently, to speak of my own challenges, one of the things that uh, I faced was when I went to Germany and I 
wanted to, to, to study sonography. And I thought, oh, this is going to be a great program. It's going to be a chance to challenge myself and, and do different things and really, you know, dive into a field that, I, that I, I'm like, I'm so sure I want to study this. And what happened was, um, now, to preface this, I, have, I had lived overseas for many, many years. And so living overseas didn't bother me. You know, living in another country, finding my way around, I got that. No problem. What was the big challenge was being back in that environment, that really highly competitive environment. Now, the students that I were around, I was around, are amazing artists. They, I, I cannot give them enough praise for for what uh, what was going on. Now, some of them, myself and another student, were the two oldest people, and then from down that from us two was I think a, a span of about 10 to 15 years to the next next student and then they were all 20 somethings not not to knock 20 somethings or anything but the point is is that uh, you know when you've done what you believe is theater and perform and design and do all that you have kind of your your routines you have your calluses you have the the way that you work and to try and do something new uh, is uh, is sometimes considered a good mental challenge. You're, you're learning how to be bad at something for a while until you can get better. But one of the things that I noticed was when I was uh, working on my, my uh, designs and trying to follow along in these classes, which, uh, which were in German, which first was, was difficult enough, um, was how obsessed I'd gotten over trying to make everything as perfect as I could, quote unquote. Um, I, I, I couldn't fail because I had placed such an expectation on myself that um, I thought I'm making what I think is really brilliant and I'm going for it and this is what it's going to be. And when I didn't get the responses back, when I got a lot of, well, why would you do that? And I said, well, here's the reason. And it everything turned into an argument. And it was like, no, I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not here to have an argument. I want to learn, but give me something constructive to work with now. And it was just downhill from there. It was, I couldn't sleep. Um, I got worried about, about, you know, whether or not I, I was, I was getting it. And I started spending at not, not as little time, but I spent the time and I needed to be in class, um, doing my, my, doing the, the stuff in class. And then it was like, I need to leave. I need to go away. I need to go do something else. And I started spending more and more time going and training on the jujitsu mat because to me, that was my escape. It was like, I, 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 I will take the punishment of someone trying to, to put me in a chokehold or armbar me or any of that. And that is such a relief compared to the stress of being in this, in this class. And you know, I, I had a really wonderful uh, group of friends who really tried to talk me into, into staying. And in hindsight, I, I, I regret not staying because to see them grow and be so successful, I really wish I had been part of, of that experience. But I didn't. I left. I, I, went, back to, I went back to Trinidad and finished out my, <laughs> what turned out to be my last contract for the school. So change was, was inevitably upon me. Um, but when I look at back at that experience, 
I, I don't, I don't think that what I did was particularly wrong in, in the way of, well, there, it's a right or wrong. It was, I did what I thought was the best for me. Um, I was, I wasn't happy. I wasn't, I wasn't getting the, the experience out of it that I thought I was supposed to, you know, I, I spent more time either in my little tiny one room apartment, uh, that, that, that I was, I was having and, or out in the, out in the city, just, you know, just trying to exist. And that's no way to live. That's no way to, to exist. It's not theater's fault, of course, but the experiences of my life up to that point is what made me into, made me have these kinds of, of, of reactions. I think that in my growing up in, in the theater world, and it is probably become a little bit kinder, maybe hopefully a little bit gentler, but it's still a tough, it's still a tough nut to, to crack, to be, to be in the, in a world where you are constantly under the microscope of what you believe to be judgment, whether it be as a designer or an actor, director, whatever. Um, we took our beatings. I took my beating. Um, and it's, it's, it's funny because now I, as much as I say that I enjoy theater, I like theater. It's very hard for me to not associate the tough times of theater with thinking about shows. Um, I have some really wonderful memories, but it's, it's almost too challenging some days to think about walking back into a theater. And I don't think a lot of people talk about that. I think, you know, I, I remember hearing a, a general manager say, well, we only watch you up and up until a certain point and then we're done with you. And he was, and he was pretty flat out about that. Um, and I was like, wow, man, that's just, you know, no BS. That's, that's we're, we're going to use you. And then when you reach a certain point, well, we're probably going to be done with you. You're going to move on to something else because you're not going to want to take this anymore. And, you know, I, I don't consider that refreshingly honest. I think that's just, that's to, to some people, that's like a challenge. That's like, whoa, okay, hold on. You, you don't get to say that to me, but what does that do? Does that make you work harder or does that give you more anxiety? Does that make you pursue it that much harder to say, nope, I'm going to show you. And all of a sudden you make your life worse because someone made an offhand comment. Look, Theater is not an easy business. Life isn't an easy business. But when we have our, but when we hold up people for being mentally tough and when we dismiss people who say, you know what, I want to take a little bit more time for myself, even at, I mean, there is no good time. Simone Biles, if she had withdrawn weeks ago, you know, there still would have been some kind of question. Oh, is she mentally tough? Oh, could she do this? Uh, the, the, you know, there would still be conversation, but probably not as much say like the backlash as her dropping out at, while she was in Tokyo during the games. That's an awful time to, to find out that you can't compete. Look, I've, I've been in competitions where I have been on the, on the mat and I go, I just don't have it today. I, I clearly don't have it. I, it doesn't make me not want to come back, but I have to really rethink and reassess 
what it is that I'm doing here. I hope that whoever listens to this, if you're a school teacher or you yourself are a theater practitioner, really think about what is important to you. What, what made you who you are? How did you navigate? Are you still navigating? Are you still, you know, are you coping with, with the mental stress of it? Because, you know, you got bills to pay or you got, you know, the next show to come up. I mean, the pandemic clearly didn't help anybody working in the arts. Now we're all trying to get that big old machine. I'm sorry. I shouldn't say we, because I'm don't think I'm necessarily part of that right now in terms of, I'm not working professionally in a theater at all right now. Um, I'm much more happy (laughs) in the, in the educational or the, the research or the publication that right now is my happy place. And that, and that's important. It took me a long time to get to that point where I said, I believe this is my happy place because the stress is off of having to worry about my boss yelling at me because I got to get these lights hung and I've got to get this cable rolling and I've got to get this done. And then I got to do a 10 out of 12. And then I got to worry about X, Y, and Z outside of that. And now I've missed, you know, you know, we, you miss birthdays, you miss holidays, you miss all sorts of important events, you know, there's a, there, I don't, I don't, I don't know a lot of you out there, you know, but I know that we go back and forth about, you know, there's a way of, you have to be able to carve out your own life for yourself. And I agree. I agree. I think there's a point where you have, where no has to be an acceptable answer for like, look, I don't want to do this. This is not what I want to do. That is, is important to be able to say. Um, not a lot of people are not very good at it. Um, but I think that, uh, the flip side of that is if you say no too many times, like a business, they move on to, to somebody else. And thus we have the kind of a, the crux of our issue. How often do I say no for my own mental well being or my own mental health before the business moves on and says, well, okay, well, they label you as unreliable or they label you as a problem. And I, and again, I'm not trying to cast dispersions here. I'm just saying this is, this is how I understand it. You know, I've been on call lists where, you know, you miss, you say, Oh, Nope, I got, I got, I got another gig or I've got another thing, you know, my mom's birthday, whatever, you know, I can't, I can't make it. And eventually they stop calling you. Is it worth it? You know, that's up for you to decide. At some point I said, you know what? It's more important to spend time doing something that I love and enjoy than, than try and drive myself crazy trying to make all these appointments. It, you know, you can't do a bunch of things a little bit of a time. You'll never really learn to enjoy anything. You know, it, it's really scary to try and say, I want to do these two or three things. And I want to do them and they bring me joy and enjoyment. I want to get better at them, whether it be, I just want to be a better designer. I want to be a better teacher. I want to be a better gardener. I want to be a better jujitsu player. I want to be a better, just well-rounded person and not have to worry about the, the stress and strains of living up to someone else's expectations. So, Again, I hope I, I gave you some uh, some food for thought. Um, 
if you have questions, comments, any kind of uh, uh, thoughts, um, I say this at the end of of, of every of every podcast. Um, if you if you like if you if you like what I said, send me an email. If you don't like anything I said, you think I'm nuts, you think I'm wrong, send me a message too. I'd like to hear what you have to say. If you're like, hey man, it's okay. I'm glad you addressed it, but you know, it's not really uh, something I deal with. Again, send me a message. My email is archive tt24 at yahoo.com. That's a r c h i v e t t 24 at yahoo.com. Uh, again, I appreciate you hanging out, listening to me uh, talk about what I think is, a, is an important topic that uh, we are not going to, to let get away from us because it really does need to be addressed in the here and now because it's in the forefront of our, of our lives in the here and now. Um, this has been episode 124 of the ATTH podcast. My name has been Rich Bryant, and I have been your host. Uh, thank you uh, again for uh, inviting me into your little world. Please be sure to subscribe. We got a bunch of episodes in the archive uh, for you to for you to listen to, and uh, you know, uh, hopefully, something I said or maybe an interview I've had. Uh, speaks to you. And uh, I look forward to, to talking to you uh, again uh, on another topic that comes up uh, for you to, uh, for, for us to share. Again, my name is Rich Bryant. I have been your host. This is episode 124 of the ATTH podcast. Thank you and good night.